With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. He wants to dream like a young man With the wisdom of an old man home and security he wants to live like a sailor at sea beautiful loser where you gonna fall when you realize you just can't have it all lopez cast such a huge and blackening shadow at pipe in the early 70s that we could hardly see anybody else. And in this case, it was doubly true because the 72 Pipe Masters runner-up was Mike Armstrong of Laguna Beach, who had also finished runner-up the year before when the magazines didn't bother covering the Masters at all. Mike Armstrong was and is the forgotten master. From the Encyclopedia of Surfing, I'm Tyler Brewer. And I'm Jamie Brewer. This is The Sunday Joint, where we roll up Matt Warshaw's weekly newsletter for a deep inhale of surfing's past, present, and future. (sighs) On this episode, we dive into a Sunday joint from back on May 17, 2020, and the forgotten masters of pipe. One of those being the aforementioned Mike Armstrong. The other is two-time pipe master, 7879, Larry Blair. Both were the focus of this particular Sunday joint. Now, to paraphrase Matt, we're going to wag a professorial finger at all of those who have slighted Armstrong, Blair, and others over the years by not celebrating their impressive master's achievements. All this and stump my bro on the Sunday joint. And then okay. Um, so yeah, so I was thinking, wait, wait. Yeah. Are you recording? I'm recording. Wait. So I want to ask you. So the the song you just played right now, yeah. Bob Seger's "Beautiful Loser." Yeah, sounds really groovy. Yeah. What, what What was your? So what's the What's the thinking behind getting that? I I put in like songs about close but no cigar, or clo- or songs about. Uh, coming close or losing or lose you know just putting like songs about losing things like that and just a list came up and i just started thumbing through and i saw bob seger i'm like bob seger is pretty good you know and i'm sure like matt would like it too so i um 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious of what music he wants for for the opening. So I, um, I was like, this sounds good. And I started listening. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty good groove. Like I could just, I wouldn't mind listening to this on the regular, actually. And I thought it would be really good um, for this episode uh, because it's kind of forgotten masters and not technically losers per se you know but it's i don't know it just kind of resonated for me <laughs> all right well turn it up man <laughs> oh well then he wants his home and security he wants to live like a sailor at sea beautiful loser where you gonna fall well so Hello, how do you do? Ooh, I want to pause for one. I mean, you can keep. Oh, we can't pause. I'll keep. No, but you can. Is yeah, that... is that okay, the opener? Yeah, yeah. I didn't do like I. I did a lot more stuff on pipeline and pipe masters in general. I didn't know it was just on Larry Blair and Mike Armstrong. It's not. It doesn't have to be. Oh, okay. I just have notes on all of that, but we can. You know, it's those were the focus of that Sunday joint. So I I got that, but I also uh, did a lot of other stuff for, to prep for this. Yeah, because I know he had like a few. Uh, afterwards of other things about pipe and all that stuff and blogs and things. So. Oh yeah, no, I I did the deep dive here. I'm prepared, but okay. let's let's first talk about Mike Armstrong and who he was because it's it's kind of interesting. Um, I you know the more I God I fucking just love these Sunday joints and I love doing the show because I I go down these crazy little things uh, and it was. And I'm finding things I, I never knew I'd be super interested in, like Mar Michael Armstrong. So Michael was a, um, he was a newcomer. He was uh, a young, young man from Laguna Beach who ended up spending time on the North Shore. And uh, his surfing was, was, uh, was described as being you know, really impressive and technical, but laid back as well. His surfing style was like that too. He ripped, but he was real casual, smooth. And he was one of the real soul monsters out there. Uh, he was yeah. described. Yeah. Um, and he got three runner-ups at the Pipe Masters. <laughs> and the first time he was in the Pipe Masters, he was an alternate. It was basically only going to be six guys in the water. And then it was Jerry Lopez was told it was off. And so he went back to Honolulu. And... Um, and so they just called in. They needed an alternative. And Mike Armstrong was out in the lineup. And they were just like, you, you're in the final. Wasn't that correct? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. so that's, that's kind of his, his background. And then after those three runner-ups, like he, he kind of grew disillusioned with a lot of um, the surfing and the surf community at that time. And, and then left and you know, started a ranch in, you know, in Central California and has been farming and doing that ever since. But uh, just, yeah, really interesting. Um, what did you read up a, a bit on on Mike Armstrong? Army. Yeah. What yeah. Pause. Pause. Name? Pause for a minute. Yeah. I really do. But at the very beginning of this whole thing, saying so much about Mike Armstrong, I don't have anything else to say. I, mean, I read the profile three times. I'm just like, okay, he <laughs> nice well, guy. No, I, I, so I'm not uh, saying the whole thing, we should be discussing him, but I, I, it's an entry ramp. And Matt wants me to give some context 
um, some background on some of these people because one of the critiques we keep getting is that we're not describing who they no, are. Of, of you know? course. So I was just giving like a little um, no, no, that thing makes on sense. him to lead into the discussion of like the Forgotten Masters. The thing is, Matt's done a lot of blogs since yeah. that, which are not just about the Masters. They're all yeah. about the Pipe Masters contest, all yeah. the, the different drama, the, if, um, you know, his masterpiece theater article that he wrote yeah. is all about the event itself and the evolution of it. Whereas this feels like such a focus on former winners that I, I and I don't think that's, I don't know. Okay. Well, yeah. what do you, all right, well, well, let's talk about, I, I want to actually talk about yeah, quickly talk, what I yeah. thought would be real interesting is how the contest, you know, Fred Hemmings put together was just so kind of like th haphazardly thrown together. Uh, and I love how he, he talks about how he lost money on it briefly. Not a lot, but I'm like, well, it's good to know that some things don't change in surfing. <laughs> and um, the other is I found, well, what I found real interesting is that the parallels, I feel like we're in a space right now where surfing is not organized in a sense like it, you have the world tour but it's not happening and every, all regular functions and organizations have kind of stopped because of covid and obviously everything else that's happening in the world and it feels like late 60s early 70s to me in some ways the way yeah. surfing is like there's not as many pro surfers anymore you're seeing more working surfer working pro surfers who you know, are doing trades, but they're also balancing kind of like being the hottest, one of the hottest surfers. And you see all these kind of um, loosely formatted surf contests coming about today. Like you had the, the Stab 100, and, you know, it's just live filming of a session, basically. Um, you know, stuff like that, I think is, yeah, it's kind of changing. You know, my surf uh, TV does like a really interesting, uh, they're doing an co interesting contest format where they give surfers, you know, two hour window of their local spot to surf and they film them and then you vote online. And it, it feels like there's not as much organization now. And so I, I guess I was drawing parallels to that. Yeah. Are you recording this? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> For all you out there, I wasn't sure if he was recording. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I agree. You know, remember when, yeah, like when the World Tour started and they didn't like Pete Townsend or someone called it the Gypsy Tour. Yeah. And because it was, and, 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 and like Rory Russell had said, he basically just borrowed money from family and friends to do the tour. It wasn't about making money. It was just about fun and, and being the top within the small, uh, this, the small subculture of surfing. And, and remember when, when longboarding got really big again in the eighties and early nineties. Yeah. But then it all kind of fell apart and there was no money all of a sudden in it, all the longboard magazine disappeared. But then you had that, what grew out of it was the more, you know, Thomas cool. Campbell kind of, yeah. The yeah. Core. Well, that's, and that's, um, and that's what I find. I find I feel like we're in really fertile territory. I mean, there's a lot of creative destruction in in some ways happening, right? Yeah, like, it's like a forest fire. Yeah, jeez, I don't, too soon. I think. <laughs> oh, 
Yeah, okay. But it's like a <laughs> phoenix rising. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe, maybe Squeak should capitalize on this. Yeah. Squeak is a local shaper in New York who had uh, phoenix surfboards, for those of you who may not be aware. Uh, he was most well-known in the early 90s for his beach break models, were just basically oversized, thicker, wider, mini kind of shortboards. Anyhow, back to it, side reference. Um, yeah, so oh. I found that really interesting. And that, so that first pipe, Masters. I gotta was, say, I'm so scarred by that photo of, of what? Of mom with, <laughs> with Rich's Phoenix. <laughs> Our stepfather had a Phoenix surfboard. We don't have to go into too and much. It apparently there, a photo there's of a my sexy mom photo. <laughs> I wouldn't describe it as sexy as the son, but whatever. That's what I mean. I mean well, yeah. Anyway. But well, what yeah. you were saying? I was saying like the early pipe masters was just, it was basically a quick fold out table, a megaphone and just a little markings in the sand basically. And a thousand bucks. I think it was. It was less. Um, it was 500. 500. I just, yeah, by Jeff Continental said, Airlines. Yeah. Which it's weird because it's a it's like a mixture of real grassroots type of thing, but sponsored by a major airline. <laughs> yeah. Well, it seems like five hundred bucks would still be kind of chump change even back then. It, it's still for a company like that, and I imagine it, this contest was right on the heels of the Duke. And I imagine uh, Fred probably parlayed some some sponsorship or some something into this, you know. And and I mean, it's what's cool is you see the germination of the IPS in all of this too. Yeah, it was yeah his first testing out of running surf contest. Did well, say hey, what I think is really cool about about Fred Hemmings in this case, yeah, is he won the world title just a few years before that. Like he was still a young guy. Yeah, And he just put his own competitive career and him as a surfer off to the side really quickly and focused on developing pro surfing. Yeah, but I imagine it's because out of his frustration, there was nothing set up and there was no one really stepping up to the plate that I imagine he, he felt that. He seems like, regardless of his political views and, and leanings, um, he seems like someone who, who's a, a, a public service type of person, you know, who steps up, uh, you know, whether you agree with his politics. And obviously, he, I'm sure there are other reasons for doing these things. But I mean, he went into public service. He did. He was in, in government. Um, you know, he seems like an organizer. That's just like in his yeah, he's personality. A doer. Yeah. He's yeah. A doer. He's a doer. Do it. Go ahead, do it. But you know what I found interesting in this reading and going down the different rabbit holes um, was the, the real divide between contest and non-contest surfers and how Drew Campion apparently, or Fred Hemmings accused Drew Campion of not running coverage of the Pipe Masters in Surfer Mag because of Fred Hemmings' anti-drug stance. Ah, but Drew Campion was surf was with surfing by that point, or, <clears throat> or the magazine. Sorry, yeah, just the magazines in general. Oh. They didn't cover, they didn't cover it because of Fred. Oh, so if I they could have, if if they could have, <laughs> <laughs> if whereas if Fred had been like totally 
okay with the pros doing drugs you think pro surfing would have ramped up more quickly within the core market <laughs> maybe i don't know really because back to mike armstrong um one of the things was like he was not he was really into the soul part of surfing the spiritual mm. dimension of surfing he wasn't into the contest and you know and there was a and i he left the north shore because he felt things were getting too professional and <clears throat> too structured too too built up and losing the soul i got something in my throat here <clears throat> i don't know brown cow the arsonist has oddly shaped feet sorry um but you know so that was interesting and then i started reading because i started thinking about other forgotten masters or masters of pipeline doc sutherland was also another person who um had had disagreements with this kind of uh thought process and like part of the reason he went to go and enlist in the army was he he writes um disenfranchised uh disenchantment with the whole surf contest scene with both sides the pro contest guys were anti-drug and i was uh shall we say pro-choice then meanwhile all the anti-contest guys were on my back telling me to get off my contest kick and just surf except i like contests so i was sick of all the tension and they drove him into the army to enlist in them <laughs> but it, it, there is that that whole conflict there yeah it was like it's funny when i was younger looking back in the 60s i just thought everybody was real hippie you know and then you you find out that actually that was only one portion of society and it was a very divided society kind of yeah. like now in a way <laughs> yeah well it was that's why i say it kind of feels like late 60s early 70s uh, in the world in some ways. That was a pretty tumultuous time, uh, you know, in, in, in the world and also a really fertile time for a lot of things. And uh, I guess the contest surfers kind of won, maybe, in some ways, do you think? Back, back then. Uh, yeah, well, going into it, if you look at the arc of surf history and what has dominated surf culture and the surf industry, you know, the contests have had become a major focal point for the surf industry and surf what? culture yeah although you know you could probably make the argument that they both won um yeah pro surfing became a lot a lot bigger obviously i mean we know that you know the pros now yeah. well the pros before this year were, were making a lot of money and it was is very well run and everything um but at the same time the recreational surfers the recreational side of surfing has, and the artistic side of surfing has also really won as well, you know, or has gotten really big. And and even if you look at those early those early days in those first pipe masters, the people who were competing were mm. was were soul dudes, you know, Billy Hamilton, yeah. Mike Armstrong, um, Jerry Lopez, Rory Russell. Even though they all surf contests, they were yeah. Super soul monsters to use that term. <laughs> I love that term, soul monster. Soul monster. Yeah, but they did they didn't, you know, those people did the Hawaiian contests. And I think that the they didn't 
I mean, they did try to do the tour, I guess, but they, it was just kind of past their prime when the tour came about, I guess, a lot of those soul monsters. And, and everyone wanted to make a living of surfing. That was the big goal, wasn't it? It wasn't even to be world champion. It was just to keep the dream going. You know? Yeah, but but every yeah. I mean all those all those those super soul guys still liked being the best and still liked being seen as the best. You know, out in the water, you know, they weren't all yeah. just like giving each other waves and going along for the for the. Well, ride. it's 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 like it's like even today, like the air guys and all that, you know, and or the 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 photo pros, you know, it's all kind of bullshit. Like they all like to compete, actually. And they all, they all are very competitive and driven people because they wouldn't be as good as they are if they weren't, um, you know. But I always find it funny how, you know, see like Jamie O'Brien liked, you know, the rule book of the ASP on fire back in the day or everyone talks shit about it. But you're like, you, you're just as competitive, actually. And you just don't like the framework. What that thing, do you yeah. think? it's do you think they don't like the idea of being the best or do you think it's it's that it's really tricky there are other reasons why they don't like competitive surfing yeah well one is i think being pressured like the pressure to to perform on demand i think is is a difficult thing to do <laughs> stage fright is a real thing particularly when you get middle-aged <laughs> but you know i mean it's like um You're not middle-aged yet though, not middle-aged oh, i don't know it's 45 45 is middle-aged 45 i'm middle-aged is that where did that where did that rule come from because I, I would say it. it's, a, it's a fluid thing because society's age kind of changes you know and how long we live that's true. I think no, you're middle youth. You're middle, middle youth, upper upper youth, upper senior youth. youth. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, and 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 it's interesting. Like I find that pipe, you know, it hasn't. It still draws us in though as a contest, and it's still you still have alternative kind of contests going on there too. Like the yeah, backdoor shootout. Well, that was a question I wanted to ask. Actually, yeah. be, before I ask you about that, though, yeah. just what you were saying, how it still draws us in. Do you think maybe... So I know one common criticism of surf contests is it, it's, it's very subjective and it's very much down to luck. So it's, it's hard to know exactly, to quantify exactly who won a heat. And I guess that's why, you know, man on man makes it easy because it's a little bit easier to see who's better than if you have a big group of people but do you think perhaps that pipeline is actually one of the more is one of the easier contests to know who did better than the others yeah for sure because your your goal is just to get as deep a tube as possible really uh whereas if you're a non-surfer particularly and you're trying to watch it and and this is what fred hemming sold the sponsors on you know they they didn't want to really sponsor he didn't want to bitch um, you know, Sunset or Waimea or Haleiwa, Pipe was was perfect for what was it? The the yeah. average, average schmuck, schmuck. <laughs> in yeah. the Midwest, you know. <laughs> and that's well, they're, why they're did, having. Did you... That's why they're going to do the French Olympics. Uh, the surfing side of Chopu. Right. It's totally. You can. Yeah. Anyone knows why it's so good. You know, but trying to watch the Surf Ranch Pro and distinguish which ride was better. 
is so freaking hard. You know, my, you know, minus someone falling. You know. Yeah, yeah. For oh, did, did you did you read in the in Matt's masterpiece masterpiece Peter no masterpiece theater article in Surfer's Journal? Yeah, in, I, I think in ninety ninety three or ninety two, and he said that after one of the contests, Sean Thompson actually suggested that they switch the event to sunset. <laughs> but I think it might. But the history—it used to not be called the Pipeline Masters. It was just the Masters. It was the Hawaiian Masters. The Hawaiian Masters. Really? I didn't know that. How? How did yeah. that slip me? It's just yeah. we've always referenced it as. Yeah, of course. And, and history was probably try probably rewritten a little bit too. That's true. They tried to revise it out of there. Yeah, yeah, they did. Well, good thing we have surf nerds like you to keep us honest. <laughs> Let oh, me so, yeah, so you, oh, you were saying, yeah. oh, yeah. No, I was going to say, you were going on to talk about all the different contests at Pipeline. Yeah, well, you have like, you had, you have the, the body surfing one, of course, which is very popular. Uh, you have the boogie board, World Boogie Board Championships there, but also then you've had, you know, um, the Dehui Shootout, which was really good, um, mm. which opens it up to all the all the surfers, you know, all the local guys who don't get into the pipe masters. And that's always been the, the bone of contention, right? Is that the pipe masters, and this is interesting, right? So the pipe masters was invitation uh, for a number of years. And then, what was it? I guess 85 would be the year that the ASP uh, sanctioned it. It was before that. Or eighty four, eighty four, maybe. Or it, was, it may have. It was three years in a row. I think that it wasn't. It didn't become an ASP tour event again until eighty six. Yeah. And I think it was. Remember, we were talking the other day when, when Dan Kaloha, you know, like got stripped of his yeah. ratings because he competed. I think that was eighty three. I that think that was the year he won. Yeah. So I, it was. It was several years. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. a, a tour event. It wasn't a tour event, but then it was, and. Then you had trials, and but the locals could still get into the event. And it wasn't until the CT happened uh, around 92 with the transformation of the ASP to the two-tiered system. Um, I used to think it was two-tired system. And I was like, man, they're retiring <laughs> the system. <laughs> well, maybe it's a bit too tired now and they need a new system. But... Um, well, that's the two, the, <laughs> the two tired system. <laughs> for years, I didn't like the, 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 the bow repairs for tires event. I know. The like, bow repair. I was like, how do you say this? T-Rez. T-Rez. <laughs> I didn't know that. They spelled tires with Y's in Australia, not I's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> T-Ray. <laughs> for years, I used to think that uh, Derek Hine was describing Tom Kern as surfing with a lot of panic. I know. <laughs> now panache. Now panache. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, that's, yeah, all that, like, what do you think is the best way to do the Pipe Masters? I, I, because <laughs> I get why it's on the world tour and why it's important, um, because it's, it's a, great event and it really tests the surfer's metal. It's a lot of pressure. It's all the elements you want in professional surfing is there at pipe. I, you know, there's, you can play tactics, you can play the waiting game. There's knowledge, there's 
reading the wave, you know, you have to be, and it's dangerous that air that, you know, the whole danger element. Um, so I get why it's on the CT, but the, the ideal way really would be to, to have like just invitational again and handpicked by a select committee of people who watch pipe on the regular. And I know that's bias and I know, but that would be the ultimate pipe masters for pipeline for competitive surfing. I think the WSL it's, it's awesome that the pipe masters and it was, it's great that it was the penultimate the final event, you know, uh, where it all came down to it. And now it's going to be the beginning of the tour, which is kind of a bit of a bummer, I think. Well, we don't know if that's we'll going to happen. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how long Dirk Ziff can hang on to the tour during this. Yeah, in an ideal world, you'd have, uh, well, it wouldn't be ideal for everybody. You'd, you'd, have, you'd have two, you'd have a pipeline wave pool. Yeah. That, because I can imagine, like, Pipeline's so crowded as it is, it's so competitive, and it's not a, it's a pretty rare event for it to break properly. You know, Sunset you can ride every day, but Pipeline you need the right conditions. And yeah. if I was like a hardcore regular there, you know, you wouldn't want that there'd be any contest getting in the way of you getting to surf it, I imagine. So you need a Pipeline wave pool, and yeah. in the yeah. Pipeline wave pool you could have the the WSL event there you just call and maybe call it the end of year the world championships then you could have a locals event and then from that you could you could get the real best ones and then you can um have it at the real pipe on the pipe masters here here's real <laughs> futuristic idea what you do is you run the pipe masters at pipe with all locals yeah. at the same time as the the WSL one and the wave pool mimics when the sets come in real in the, the real wave and that way oh. you can have both contests and that way cuz one of the excitement exciting parts is whether a wave will come and i don't Ooh. part of the wave pool i don't like is the predictability of the wave it becomes boring and repetitive but if you could put it time time it with real live waves or sets Will this set come in time? You know, that would create some major tension. You'd be in the wave pool freaking out like, just make the fucking wave, you know? Especially because you couldn't so see it on the horizon. <laughs> Although, do you know what they should do? At, at wave pools, what they should do to simulate, because when I went to the wave pool, you, you don't see a wave coming until it's already on you. Mm-hmm. They should have a giant screen to show when a set's coming. And you yes. can actually see it rolling in. And then actually when it dips out of the screen, it pops up out of the thing. That, that that's a great idea that's the future you know um and like they'll probably what they'll do is have to figure some way to do it with like surf lakes and the plunger they'll have to have like suspended screens around the plunger to show it yes but uh that's the way to do but, it oh what one yeah, thing I mean, maybe, maybe on that last bit for a qualifying maybe yeah. maybe pipeline should be taken off the tour but whoever like the top uh the top four people at the chopu contest can qualify for the pipe master <laughs> wouldn't be bad either but i mean there's there the th- the issue is the specialist at pipe you mm. have people who make a career surfing pipe and it is i would imagine for them really frustrating to not be able to show your stuff at, during the contest one for sponsorship money but two you want to prove yourself and 
you know, and I think that there have been a number of trialists who have won, you know, the pipe masters. So, I mean, that's, that does add a nice element to it. I, I think that's very important. Let me ask you, it's kind of, unless you have a train of thought, I see. Why no, no, you, I want to no. hear what you have to ask. No, I'm, I'm actually <laughs> asking, I want to ask you, um, who are the people that sound weird as pipe masters? Ah, do you know, it's so funny. I was thinking of a question like that. I don't really want to say, because I think everyone who's won the pipe masters, like, they, you know, they did it legit. You know, you, you can't. There's nothing to take been, away from their performance. It's no, the name and the recognition uh, because you don't always associate them or you didn't beforehand maybe associate them with pipe. Yeah, and I, I, I think I'd probably say all the names that other people would think of because because I know there are. Oh, I mean, better them. yet, just I got through, a list. You got a list. <laughs> Over time, just the flip side of it. <laughs> yeah, like if you like to, I want to see. Yeah, the flip side. Who just if you only have twenty seconds to name your top ten, like all time. The opposite, the people who you really associate with pipeline. Yeah. Let's just see how quickly you do it. And just okay. <laughs> and? Ready. And and I'll um I'll tell you what, if you're slowing, I won't time you, but if you're slowing down, then I'll say, okay, next, next, next. Okay. okay. I'm gonna okay. keep a tally chart to make sure you get okay. to ten. Okay. <laughs> and everyone who's listening could, oh, could, could do this along with us and think, you know. Who do they think are their top? T- do you remember? I don't know if you remember in an old surfer magazine, they had a big article on Sunset Beach mm-hmm. and the history, kind of like yes, what we're I doing remember now. that one. Yeah, and then they they asked the different. They did a poll, probe a poll, the top tens, and when they <laughs> they asked Owl Chapman, he said, "Whoa, man, that's like trying to get Jesus to pull his top ten angels." <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, that. Man. <laughs> oh uh, he's he's a pretty groovy guy when, i want a documentary I was on him by the way i know when i, I worked at the that. cafe in haleiva not the cafe haleiva yeah um but i did go in there food was really good and uh Campbell, Duncan Campbell, Duncan or malcolm i always mix them up malcolm is in california duncan is uh, in hawaii okay yeah. I know I it's really annoying when people mix up brothers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Matt calls me Jamie all the time. And I'm like, you knew me first. Why do you <laughs> You know, I was reading what somebody wrote somewhere. They said, There are two of you. They're like, There are two of you? Yeah. <laughs> there are two of us. <laughs> okay. Oh, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Owl came in once. Okay. Just like, whoa. Cool guy. Anyway, all right. All right. Ready, steady. Okay. Go. Tom Carroll, Jerry Lopez, Kelly Slater, Derek Ho, Mike Ho, uh, John John Florence, Andy Irons, uh, Bruce Irons, uh, Roy Russell, uh, Larry Blair. Stop. Uh, okay, that's 10. Yeah. Now, everyone out there, did you... <laughs> Were there any that Tyler missed? Some obvious ones. Now, Tyler, who do you think that you obviously missed? You got five seconds. Who do I? Who do I think I? No, who did you just miss off of that list? 
off of the pipe masters list that that one like, that we're deserving not, not to say one just people who in your mind feel like boom pipeline oh. Janie was, o'brien yeah i couldn't believe you know job that. yeah but i mean he he's he did he won a lot of the vulcan uh pipe pro con comp same with john john but jamie won one pipe masters you know not two and you know so larry blair is above jamie o'brien in my opinion okay (laughs) and he he would have won a third one had he not been boxed out in 1980 oh poor poor guy just was on the tail end of the whole breaking down the door busting down the door you know animosity in hawaii and they just that little string of him just saying he's going to win five pipe masters ruined it for him and the North Shore. Yeah, I think he was supposed to be pretty flamboyant and outspoken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, that is funny. I read that where they circled around him like shocked. Yeah, <laughs> you're not going anywhere, buddy. You're not winning another pipe masters oh, and ruining it for all of us. <laughs> kind of scary, actually. Did you read that Larry Blair, he won his first two contests yeah, as a first pro. two coke and and pipe because they were like eight months apart and those were the only two contests that he entered no one has ever started a better career really i mean curran maybe with japan but he had had a bunch of results before that <coughs> i don't think anyone has won the first yeah. two yeah nicky wood maybe he won one won. yeah you know but uh yeah exactly that was so that's my those are people I can name off the top of my head without having to give a whole lot of thought. Who, what, who, anyone else that you think I missed on that list? Go on, I'm not. Did you say Jackie Dunn? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, I mean, this is this is not necessarily just pipe masters win. This is like people who I think are just like, oh yeah, they're the people who, if you told me they won one, I'd be like, oh yeah. Ronnie uh, Burns. Uh, yeah, Ronnie Burns definitely, definitely. Butch Van Ortstel, and he was in one. Yeah, got eighth place out of eight, but still, that's I mean, like that was that was, that was like when his liver was almost rotted out too. I know, <laughs> I know, but he's definitely, obviously, someone who is, you know, he is pipeline. He was on my list of like forgot, forgotten masters almost, even though he didn't win a master, but like he was Mister Pipeline, the first Mister Pipeline, really, you know. Yeah. Um, oh you know, yeah, if you had yeah yeah like a, the pipe masters in the sixties. Oh, man. Jock Sutherland. Of course. I went into a whole little, you know, I just mentioned before, but like, you know, he, he was, he was on the path of being Mr. Pipeline. He was the next mantle and he rode Switchfoot too. Yeah, he was Mr. Pipeline. They called him Mr. Pipeline. I know, but he didn't, he didn't get to hold it very long. You know, it was like a year or two and then he shipped off. And then came back, and then the first Pipe Masters finished sixth, you know, which yeah. was six out of six. A yeah. little disappointing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But John, yeah. John Peck would have been in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, grab rail. Grab rail. Yeah, do you know, I was it's reading... The first a, to grab rail, first to pig dog pipe. Yeah, and it wasn't always seen very favorably. No, it was probably seen as a crutch to a lot of people. Yeah, did you know... I was reading an article on Wind and Sea, yeah. and ha- Hank Warner said, like, you know, he loved loved John Peck, but because uh, Butch, uh, he went and he was teasing Butch Van Ortstel, and he said, you know, because he was still like a teenager at the time, he said, 
you know what I'm going to do? I, I have this great poster of you on my wall, Butch, but I think I'm going to take it down and put John Peck's up there. <laughs> and he's like, that rail grabber. And he said from then on, like anytime they would see John Peck, even though they, they, all the kids really loved him, they had to be, you know, they had to give him shit and they would all like say, Oh, John. And they would bend down and like touch their ankle. <laughs> well, I feel like grab rail has gone in and out of vogue, mm. you know, it, it's, it's been seen at some point, like, you know, is a, is a bit of a handicap for some. And then, it, you know, that, but then someone like Slater comes along and, and pushes it so deep that you're like, oh, well, he has to grab rail. And then he gets so good that he doesn't even have to grab rail. And you see then Bruce and Andy doing that. And it became for a little while in the early 2000s even not to grab your rail as much. And then now, and then with John John, it just became like, you know, it's, it's crucial now, the drops how late and how deep and even he does tries to do it without grab rail still but it's not as poo-pooed <laughs> but what, I what, what blows my mind is when people grab rail on a mush burger <laughs> like that just annoys the f out of me oh, really what if, if i do it do you get really annoyed no i just get annoyed at, at my local spot when i see everyone on soft tops and they grab rail and then they they act like they're the hot surfer just because they're on a nine foot foam foamy board. And you're like, you're grab railing on Mushburger. That's nothing. <laughs> Not to be proud of that. Sorry. Getting, getting gatekeep free here. <laughs> Maybe you are getting middle-aged. You get I crotch- am. I'm getting crotchety. old curmudgeon-y, curmudgeon-y. Well, I'm just a little Actually, no, older, older people are more laid back. I just, I'm just bitter because I didn't get to surf the last two uh, swells okay. here. That so. video that you said, oh. we can't say where it's of, but it, it was a New York wave and it was, you don't want to look at it. It hurts. It's fucking ridiculous and painful to watch. And I um, had pulled my hamstring. I dislocated my pinky and I stabbed <laughs> my middle finger with a knife all, you know, within a few weeks and uh, the stabbing got seven stitches in my finger uh it's all it's and, all karma and, for laughing and, at the grab railers yeah Rail and grabs. then and then my wife wouldn't let me surf because of the stitches so uh it's been it's been a trying i've been been trying so a little bit of angst comes out or frustration sorry <laughs> so um i have a list of people who i think would sound weird uh, who sounded weird as pipe masters uh no disrespect to them not taking anything away from their wins and their talent and skill set. I am just saying because they're not synonymous with it. Shall, shall we call these surfers? This is, these are the dark horses. Yes. Dark the horses. underdogs. Yes. The, the, yes. The, 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 yeah. The, the, yes. I like that. I like yeah. that. Okay. So the underdogs. They're, they're more master. heroes than the real masters themselves. That, that very well could be. So one is Adriano de Souza. Uh, you know, he wanted in pretty lackluster pipe, but he had gotten through the earlier days competition when it was pump, pumping pipe. And he is, I have so much respect for him as, as a surfer. I used to not like him when he first came on and just his work ethic and humble demeanor too really um, won me over. And his bottom turn is fucking amazing like he's got one of the best bottom turns in the business and he didn't have that he worked at that <laughs> if we could do a re-edit of this and just take out the turn and that would be really 
the what's what's the funny thing with him is is branding you know um when he first came on the scene that the first two like images i had of him were the the image was different from how he got i feel like he got rebranded later in his career the first one was he i think you know he's the world amateur champ i think or some some big thing like two that. time like two, two or three time yeah. wow that's weird and it was an article in an australian magazine where he and a bunch of like really hot grommets were like taken on something some trip and yeah. he just looked really all the pictures he looked really good really ripping yeah. and then a couple of years later there was an, a picture of him on a surf trip with a caption and it was him just like totally carving off the top and it was, i think it was dan callahan yeah. the photographer and he said he said this guy is amazing he's like a modern day dane k aloha so yeah. all of a sudden i'm thinking wow this guy i could see him as being like a new sunny garcia kind of surfer really just powerful and and then he gets branded as like just a workhorse journeyman kind of thing who was won the world title by working hard and i said wait a minute what happened to the to, to his image changed <laughs> well what happened was he was the phenom he was the Gabriel, the Felipe, actually, before them. And, you know, everyone was talking about him. They were more talking about his small wave prowess, though. And he was actually, I mean, he's, he's really short. So he's, he wasn't that powerful at first. And like at 18, 19, when he came on tour, he was super light. And I remember he made it, I believe he made it to like the semis at Snapper in like 2006, I think. And... You know, six or seven, and and he was just seemed really light. You know, he I think he came on with like Jeremy Flores actually uh, around that time, and I remember they were just so lightweight looking, and so it didn't. And his there was a lot of chatter in between his surfing. There was a lot of pump double pumps and hopping to get speed. And what happened was he hit a wall. I think. I think he hit a wall around 2010 is when his image started to change. And like, he wasn't, he was, it was actually, I remember like this heat with him against Slater in Puerto Rico. And I was like, and there was like a little bit of a tussle between them too. Like Adriano gave it to Slater. But after that, like he, he got overtaken by the Brazilian storm. Gabriel came on and then Felipe and all those guys. And all of a sudden Adriano was kind of forgotten about. And all of a sudden was, relegated to middle rung he lost his sponsor with oakley which was a big sponsor so he lost the pay the pay as well and so he ended up having to become like a working man surfer blue collar kind of surfer and he also worked really hard and he would go to the spots that he wasn't strong at and would go like weeks or a month before in practice you know and then when he won the world title that year he spent like the whole month or two with jamie o'brien training at pipe learning pipe you know, so it, it, his story developed over time as he, as he developed. Wow. You know, he wasn't a fully formed adult when he came on tour. Now, that is a comprehensive answer to my question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thoroughly satisfied by that. Okay, number so, two. Number uh, so two. I, I, would put, I would put Robbie Page up there. Yeah. You it, know. It's funny because it's, 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 it's such a shame, yeah, because the finals there, when he By won, the way, it was, it was... For, for the audience, 1988 Pipe Masters champion, 
uh, 80s journeyman pro surfer, also Alex Rogers in North Shore, just for people who may not be aware of who Robbie Page yeah, is. Why did they change his name? Like I don't know. He wasn't. It was they didn't so change weird. Aki's name. They didn't change anyone else's name. And he wasn't that pivotal of a character that you needed to fictionalize him. You know. No, and Robbie Page is a a cool name. Yeah. Like it's a it's a it's a character. If you were writing a a story about <laughs> life on the North Shore, you'd have some guy named Robbie Page. Yeah, not Alex Rogers. That sounds boring. Maybe there's some sort of like legal thing that there was mm. another Robbie Page and they couldn't use it, so they had to go with Alex Rogers. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah, Robbie Page wanted in 88 the Pipe Masters in what Chris Bystrom described as Narrabeen-like conditions. Yeah. Not and, real but he beat Kurt. pipe. But he did beat Kern and Damian Hardman. He beat Joe Lewis's ass. He beat Joe, yes. <laughs> he beat Joe Lewis's ass. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and like, um, yeah, it's a, unfortunately it's small because he, he was a good pipe surfer. There's lots of pictures of him at Big Pipe. Yeah, he's charged. Great. Have you seen that picture where Liam McNamara dropped in on him and Liam McNamara turns around he's, Flipping him the bird and, <laughs> yes. and, uh, and Alex, I mean, Robbie, oh, see, we, he's ruined it. He's Alex now. Come jump in with us. He hey, turned, turned around and he, he was like pointing at him like, I'm going to get you. <laughs> do you, do you think, um, I never would have at the beginning of his career, Jeremy Flores, I wouldn't have picked that he would win the pipe masters twice. Mm. Now it seems somewhat obvious but at mm. the time, it was totally like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, but he's, yeah, he's, a, he's good at big hollow waves. And he's tough. Yeah. He's a tough nut. He's a tough nut. Who, who, um, who, do, you think, who do you think are some of the best that, that never won pipe? Oh. Ah. Uh, um, I, I don't know if the, this isn't a huge surprise, but Nathan Hedge, when he was pretty... Early in his career, he was touted as having the perfect style for pipe, you know, kind of that real center, low center gravity, being a goofy fit, very powerful, had a lot of experience in hollow Indonesian waves, obviously. So, yeah, Nathan Hedge, like, was someone maybe who could have become a, a pipe master. Here, I, I, I would have thought Parco, you know, particularly with the focus on backdoor, you know. Well, uh, that brings me oh. to my next thing. <laughs> But, but yes, of course, he's, yeah, I agree. He's, he would have been pretty, he was really good at backdoor. So, yeah, yeah, a quote. Um, I remember Slater saying, you know, he, he thought Kern would have won a pipe math, which should have ca focused more on riding backdoor than the lefts. Yeah. And then he could have been a pipe master. So Kern could have been one. But do you, so... Do you remember in, in 86, they had a lefts-only rule? The one that Derek Ho won, you know, where yeah. he got that great barrel. Where, where Mike's on, uh, thought yes. he didn't make it, you know, and he had the towel and everything. He's like, oh, oh, hey! <laughs> yes. And Tom Carroll gave that, Tom Carroll gave that really weird description of it. Come on, let me out, let me out. <laughs> so amount. we're referencing 1986 Pipe Masters and Derek Ho got like the most insane barrel and Mike Ho is on the beach and the camera actually shows Mike Ho like trying to wave Derek into wave and then shows his reaction. And it looks like 
Mike thinks doubts his brother is going to make it. And all of a sudden, Derek gets blown out of the barrel and Mike raises his hands in excitement. And then they interview Tom Carroll about the, the, the tube later. And Tom goes, oh, I don't know what he's doing in there. I don't know what he's saying. He's like, come on, let me out. Let me out. And I yeah. let him out. <laughs> um, you lost my train of thought now. Sorry. So, so, no, so it was a left-only contest yeah. that year. And then the pipeline, and then the Dahui backdoor shootout has backdoor in the name. Yeah. But in the backdoor shootout, you can, I looked you it up. You can go left. Can, you can go left. And, yeah. and all the other pipe masters, you could go right as well. Do you think the pipe masters should be left so <laughs> Ooh. I. Not for a pro tour contest, I guess, but. I mean, but the barrel on the right is actually better sometimes than the left more mm. often. And I mean, backdoor pipe, it's still pipe. You know, so I mean, just call it's it the front door the... master. Just call it the yeah, front door master. <laughs> front door master. Sneaking out through the back door, triangle three. Sorry, referencing a song from Ken Bradshaw, Ooh. Surf Movie. Might have a lot of editing to do on this episode. No way. <laughs> Throwing in weird references that people don't know. And maybe, maybe there'll be someone out there who's like, what the fuck? How did that guy know that? <laughs> exactly yeah i don't think you should over explain every reference mm. well we'll we'll find the happy medium we'll get there <laughs> it takes time <laughs> which episode is this four four yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll hit our stride around 13 probably. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um who, who what yeah i don't know um i think pipe is pipe you know and i think it started as a left um but you know it's evolved into to more you know and to be honest like the left while there are some really sick waves a lot of the best moments in the last 20 years have been the rights mm. you know and then yeah that the wave last... gabriel had gabriel had oh, a couple geez. years ago that yeah that changed my opinion of him big time i couldn't i never didn't know he could do that oh didn't yeah, know anyone that, could do that he, he he doesn't get enough credit for his backhand tube riding, you know, <coughs> I think. He's, he's pretty fucking phenomenal, you know. Um, but, yeah, and I would say one of the best to never win pipe, John John Florence. Oh, of course. That's a weird one. It's crazy. It's crazy, you know. Uh, Alan Byrne, I would have thought he could have won one. No? Well, you know the story on that. Tell me. Refresh my memory. Well, okay. I'm not saying this is gospel, but yeah. did you read the profile on him that Matt George wrote? I think it was, oh, actually, I don't know if it was Matt George, but the profile in him, yes, by Matt George in Surfer's Journal that, that came out right after Alan. I did not died. read it yet. No. It's, it's on the EOS, yeah. actually. And the, I mean, it's a very interesting story, that master. So that was 81. That's the one where Simon you know, like really put the, I don't know what I say all these uh, macabre references. I'm going to say, put the nail in the <laughs> coffin. Sorry. Simon Anderson in 1981 won the Pipe Masters. And it was a benefit for all of us, you could say, because that was, he obviously he'd won Bells and Coke on his brand Stamp new the authority. thruster. On his, yeah, Stamp the Authority. <laughs> 
not a rubber stamp, right? Uh, maybe. <laughs> Where he won on his thruster, <laughs> which Matt Warshaw says is a doublon tone. <laughs> I never thought that it went well, but maybe now. Simon Anderson denies that it's not a, a sexual innuendo. But Simon Anderson won the 1981 Pipe Masters on the thruster. And from that day forward, that became the dominant design because he said, wow, you could win in Australia. You could win at Pipeline. That's, a, that's the board for us. Yeah. But maybe we'd all be riding channel bottoms if history ran the way it was supposed to run. So in the semis, yeah. Alan Byrne, uh, surfing against buttons and i think buttons you know like uh, buttons clurio kalani got an interference on alan yeah i don't remember exactly what happened so and the judges deemed it that way that he was disqualified but buttons is a real popular hawaiian guy and a lot of his mates <laughs> friends stormed the judging tower and i think the judges had to go hard and everything and they ended up coming back out and saying okay, no interference, but we already put everyone into the finals, but we're going to throw buttons into it as well. (laughs) Now, the finals was supposed to be an eight-person final, but it ended up becoming a nine-person final. (laughs) And buttons did get third. I mean, he surfed really well, and it's kind of cool because it showed his versatility. But apparently... If you watch the TV footage, the live TV footage, where they actually posted the scores, Mm. Alan Byrne won. Whoa. But in their offices, when they were discussing with the judging tower, when they were discussing what to announce, they said, we cannot announce Alan Byrne as the winner because that'll piss off all the people who were just really pissed off earlier today. (laughs) So they got rid of all the score sheets and they made Simon the winner, according to this article. I don't wow. know. And Alan Byrne was was crushed as a result, and because that was his main. That was goal his chance. Investor. And do you know? And that like, was his he, chance. Do you know? I don't. I know. I said earlier. I don't want to talk too much about particulars, but really quickly. Yeah. About Alan Byrne. Do you know? Say like he was already a hot surfer, in you know. In the late 60s, he was a hot surfer, the early 70s, and he was on the North Shore as a shaper. Mm-hmm. And then, oh no, in 1969, he was a sh- oh, one of those early years, he was a shaper and he was watching TV and saw one of, the, one of the space missions and he started crying. And it wasn't because he thought, oh, this is a great step for man. It was because he thought, what am I doing with my life? I'm a surfboard shaper. I should be, I, I want to be an astronaut. So he, he went back to New Zealand qualified for like the air force or something became like a top flight kind of guy and he was on on uh, the path to become an astronaut oh my gosh and then uh he he was fraternizing with like his lower ranked officers underneath him and they said you can't do that and i think he said oh fuck this and whatever it was and he got out of the military and went back into shaping and he said my moonshot is going to be winning the pipe masters and he threw everything into that <sighs> read the article you'll get the more better truth we, that's just a we all would be right writing there. channel bottoms and asymmetrical boards i know can you imagine you know the, an alternate universe a multiverse if you will of surfing i love 
we should do a whole episode on multiverse surfing. Yes. Like what ifs one day? What if so and so won the world title? Where would we be? Like, because that always does enter my mind. And I think that would be a really fun hypothetical. Um, you Lighting know, doors. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, yeah, what if, what if Simon Anderson, what if Simon Anderson had not even been born, let's say? Would we have a thruster or would we be riding quads? You know, it's, um, or, or would have been kept going on twins. Kind of curious where surfing would have gone. What if Curran had never been born? Would our styles be, how would our surf styles look like today? Yeah, you know? that, that'd be a fun thing to do, to, to just reimagine it. Maybe before, and to actually like write that, like say, oh, of course, you know, it would be a cool one is to, to, to say to each other or to anyone who's listening is to say, okay, I've already thought about this, but imagine if this didn't happen, what do you think would have been different? Yeah. You could hear we your thoughts get on and then say, one. actually, <laughs> I want to get mad on for that one though. I think that would be really fun. And like, let's send them some edibles and like, let's all just get like, what do you, what do you think? What do you think would happen if, like, Dick Brewer was never born? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> or if Dick Brewer never had edibles. Yeah. <laughs> or if Jock Southern had not gone to the army. <laughs> yes. Would, would there have been, um, you know, a, a prince and a king of pipe? Would it have been, how would they have split the crown between him and Jerry? <laughs> Jocko and Jerry. Jocko and Jerry. <laughs> that sounds like a really good um, ice cream from Ben and Jerry's. It does sound a bit like that. <laughs> um, so uh, one other person we have to mention who never won a pipe, the best to never win, I think, is Sonny Garcia. Wow, he never won one. But yeah. he won so many. He should have won. Well, you know how he could have won one. 95 should have been his year. Uh, no, no. He was on. He could very well could have won the Pipe Masters. Yeah. Not in oh, and which one? 92 are we talking? When he yeah. got injured and yeah. Slater cheekily got that little four-point wave on the inside. Nice little well, right Oh, so you're blaming Slater here. No, no. Well, they were all in the lineup and they were all like sitting there like, should we catch a wave or not? And... I think Barton was the one who was like, he wouldn't wait, you know, but I know what you're shaking your head. Well, no, you don't read the, you don't read the EOS, do you? Yeah, I do. I know. What I happened. just read it last night. What, what? it said yeah. in, in the EOS. Now this is the EOS and you can yeah. check it. So Sonny Garcia got injured. He was yeah. leading, leading the final yeah. and he headbutted the reef. So they took him off to the hospital. And they're sitting out there and the waves just stopped. Yeah. Just like in the North Shore. And Kelly Slater turns to everyone and said, I never thought I'd get this far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't say that because he's out there. And it's, a, it's him, Barton Lynch, and Liam McNamara. Yeah. And they're sitting there, no waves. And then it's like time is running out, it's getting close to the end. So then Slater, so this is what Slater said. He turns to Barton and Liam and says, Hey guys, should we just agree? to not catch any more waves and give it to Sonny. I mean, he's, yeah, he's that's winning anyway. Yeah, what I said, though. They so, were talking so about So he that. offered it. Yeah. Well, Barton said, yeah, mate, of course. And Liam said, 
hey, man, let's just make sure an Aussie doesn't win this. And Slater took that to mean, well, I guess Liam's not, not down with it. So Slater took a, that small wave and won. But that's, that's the story of how that's, Sonny that's could have won. According to Slater, too. According to Slater. But then did you see also, if you watch the video, yeah. later on... Um, oh, so anyway, apparently, while the heat's still... I don't know how this happened. Maybe Matt's taking some liberties. But he said that before the heat was even over... Sonny had checked himself out of the hospital. Yeah, he was, back. he was trying to get back. That was the story. He was trying to get back for the heat to finish yeah. it. How long of a heat was this that he could go to the hospital and, and check himself out? I imagine <laughs> he probably was shell-shocked and not totally all his faculties were with him. Oh. And I imagine the heat was probably over and he was still trying to make it back for the heat. Oh, you know, I imagine there sense. was, you know, this struggle. Yeah, well, that's what I said. What do you mean? Did I not read it? That's what I said. I, no, I mixed mix up said, Liam and Barton. I mix yes. up Liam and Barton. But very different characters, apparently. Same situation. <laughs> but yeah, isn't it amazing that Sonny Garcia did not win? He oh. should have. You know that whole heat with him and Aki in '95, where Aki was trying to throw it. <laughs> I know. I know. Like, I don't know. Um, but it is, um, yeah, it's interesting. You know, we're talking about these oh, pipe. Yeah, go on. I was just saying, but Slater on the, on, the, yeah. on the stage when he was accepting his trophy, did you yeah. see the video of what he said? No. <laughs> so I he's up there. I said, well, I'd like to, you know, because it, it was early in his career. It was his first yeah. world title. He said, you know, I was saying all this, you know, nice stuff, you know, and how grateful he is and everything. And they said, I'd just like to thank my girlfriend. And I'd like to thank my girlfriend. And <laughs> it was like, everybody just saw, I was like, oh yeah, you player with all your girlfriends. He just loses it right there. And the look on Barton's face was hilarious. He's like, ah. <laughs> Hence it's the Definitely worth with... watching. Oh, and then yeah. things got all rocky with Brie after that. <laughs> That's a great name. Brie Pontorno. <laughs> oh, Kelly's former fiance. If you're out there, we would we would do guest interviews. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's interesting because we are talking about pipe, and I think we we kind of have to mention like the two, like Sonny Garcia and Derek Ho. Derek Ho, who passed away earlier this summer, and Sonny, who's um, you know in the hospital, uh, yeah, recovering. So, I mean, um, it's pretty devastating about Derek Ho. I, I know. And like the footage of him just shortly before he died, he was killing it. Like, yeah. I mean, gosh. What happened to Derek in the post pro tour? I have yet to really read much up mm. on, on and then see much on his post pro tour life. He shaved his mustache off. That's the big thing. Well, that like, happened in 92. You know, that was like, he looked so different without a mustache. Did. And the mullet. When he lost the mullet and the mustache. Yeah, he became like this really groovy looking guy. Yeah. I like him with the beard, though, personally. Yeah, the beard was good. Beard Derek yeah. was good. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like there were some injuries that, that had plagued him at some point. 
Um, well, I saw when I was in Hawaii, and the the yeah. pipe masters that I saw, it was ninety nine. Yeah, and he did get injured and pulled from the water on the jet ski. Oh wow! Now that's after he he kind of finished the tour, right? Well, so. he was in the mid nineties. I think it was like. I want to say like 95-ish or 94, 95. He, he did something like his ACL or MCL and he was out of yes. the, off the tour. For or like ankle, the maybe. And yeah, something yeah. where he was off the tour for a little bit, but then he just couldn't requalify. And I think that's when he, we hung, when he hung it up. You know, well, can you imagine the- being like just royalty, top, top, of, you know, top 16 most of his yeah. career and then world champion just before that. And all of a sudden, plummet. breaking your ankle, being off the tour, to have to go out and travel the WQS and you're already in your thirties, like family, I would have I stayed home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you live in Hawaii too. And you have pipe as your stomping ground, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I would love to know like what his post pro life was like and mm. pro career. I, I would, I mean, I'm sure someone is working on something, uh, you know, probably in the journal or something, but, it, it 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 is something that like you don't see much. Um, I, don't, like, I don't. But like Gene Hackman, you know how he just retired. You know. And, yeah, just <laughs> left at the top, man. Royal Tannenbaums and psh, done. Well, there's a few more titles after that, but yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, it was very graceful exit, I suppose. You know, just. Yeah, well, I find. It's nice when surfers do the graceful exit too. I kind of like that. Freddie P with the ten at trestles. That's probably like the best, one of the best exits. That's pretty good, for, particularly for a middling pro. You know, um, yeah. And who 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 do you think has exited pro surfing the most gracefully? Oh. World tour, world tour. Not Jerry Lopez. Yeah, He's yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, the obvious one that comes to mind is Mark Richards, because he, after he won his fourth world title, he never, he didn't compete full time, but he still was in the top 30 for a few years. But I think it was really hard to get out of the top 30 back then, like yeah. the way the seeding worked. Yeah, so you could, you, you would just kind of like f- slowly, f- he had, a, I think he had two or three more years. Yeah, in 1986. But he had an injury too, didn't he, after his, his world title? His back was, was bad. Yeah. Um, but even in 1987, he still finished 30th in the world, which is yeah. or, or in the top 30, even though he only competed on half the events. But he won. in 86 and 87, he won the Bilbong Pro at Waimea Bay. Which was like a quadruple A-rated event or whatever, which probably just... He probably only needed to do that in like two other events to be in the top 30. Oh, good point. Good know? point, right. Because they but had they, different point rankings, the contest back then. It was like AAA and you know, all that sort of stuff. That's right. But I guess the point is he pretty much retired. He, he went backstage and he came out for a stunning encore. And yeah. then he just became a cool shaper. You know? Speaking of which, he was, um, I think it's about time, Jane. Do you know what time it is for? Is it time to take another sip of my Bullet Frontier whiskey? It's time for Stump My Bro, I think. Okay. I can't wait to hear oh, what you've got. I, don't ha- I have an easy one, actually. 
uh, didn't go too crazy. But you are before... doing that just to make me feel really embarrassed when I can't answer. <laughs> Anyone get this but one? We have to. Uh, we have to first mention. I posted our last stump, my bro, on there, and the the question um, was, I believe. Um, you know, which historical surfing icon said seeing the first event wait, surf first event at the Kelly Slater Surf Ranch was just as good as getting to see the Beatles or Led Zeppelin. And the person who answered this one correctly is at I underscore saw. He got it. If memory serves, it was MR. I'm wondering if he did actually see Zepp or the Beatles live and how the wave ranks how the wave ranks when compared to his beloved Pearl Jam. Ooh. I so, would want to know do, how Do you think ranks. he did see the Beatles or uh, Led Zeppelin? No. He said he didn't see it in the thing. He said, I never got to see them. Ah. Um, all right, here's a, a mini stump on that one then. Yeah. After Pearl Jam, what's his other top favorite recording artist or band? Silver chair. Mark, Mark Richards. <laughs> yeah, someone said that about the answer. Silver fans. Are they are they still around? Silver chair. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think they got got beaten up by Grinspoon or something. <laughs> it's the other Aussie. <laughs> All these metal reference, different metal. Um, but uh, yeah. Wait, so, answer my question. What's that? Which what, other band? Is 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 Mark Richards? Uh, is is beloved to him. I don't know what the right word is. Yes. What's uh, his other top favorite band? Brian or... Adams. It's <laughs> <laughs> kidding. Mother Love Bone. That would have been cool. If it well, well, I read Bruce Springsteen. He's an yes. absolute total Bruce Springsteen fan. Who doesn't love Bruce? Have you seen the uh, movie Guided by the Light? No. You mean the one with like... The the kid, young guy who wants to, yeah, no, the, the, I pe- the, the yeah, the, he he grew up. It's a beautiful movie, so fucking good. Like I love it. I get fucking goosebumps watching it. Even Donna liked it, you know. So that says a lot. Um, well, no, it's, it's tough for her to like certain movies that I like, you know, because I like kind of ridiculous shit. Um, <laughs> and it is kind of ridiculous because they break out in song and dance, singing Bruce Springsteen songs all throughout the movie, which is kind of fucking awesome actually well then that one i want to ask you yeah what's your favorite cinematic presentation of the pipe masters my favorite cinematic presentation oh it's it's got to be north shore man like mm, i good, love yeah. north shore's version of it you know the pipe classic not the pipe masters because <laughs> some you know issues there but All um right. i do and love why it. don't do you know what? Here's something. Yeah. Here's a suggestion to the WSL if they ever come back. Yeah. Who should they get as one of their commentators? Lord Tally Hobliers. I don't know if he's alive anymore. <laughs> no, I know. That would have been awesome. Um, David Stanfield. Corky Carroll. Uh, Corky Carroll. He, Arizona. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was a commentator in the Pipe Classic. He was great. I would love to hear. Every time I've heard an interview with Corky Carroll, he's been so cool you know like self-effacing good sense of humor totally knowledgeable corky carol corky carol that would be kind of cool i wouldn't i wouldn't mind that yeah so anyway moving on this is stump oh, i was just gonna say yeah what about the um 
the 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 full length documentary on the eighty four pipe masters that Joe oh. Buran won. That I, I that one is that is a work of art. Mm. But that I didn't. I thought you meant cinematic, like Hollywood presentation oh, okay. or something. Okay. Um, but yeah, nineteen eighty four <coughs> Bonsai Pipe Masters, presented by Offshore, is the best pipe master package video package ever in my opinion it's yeah. like the music is so perfectly dramatic it's <laughs> so one of the bad but so good that it's one of the like electronic jazz it's well some of the sax the sax playing on some of it is pretty freaking awesome oh, yeah, with buttons, right. you know and larry bertelman and then like with the heavy drop and the music you know, a Sean Thompson airdropping the narration to it is so dramatic and it's beautiful. And it's, and it's like one of the biggest pipe masters. And at that time, it was the biggest pipe masters ever. It was like, you know, Tom Carroll uh, attempted to do the snap way back then. Even. Right. That was the snap, snap number one. Yeah. You know, that was like crazy stuff. Lopez got injured, was out of the contest. Uh, or ate shit really nicely too. Um, Ronnie Burns had a couple good spills. Like that was the hit, one of the heaviest pipes. And Joey Baran, like Joey Baran was amazing in that. Was so good. And then you go switch to Te- teenage Aki as well. Teenage Aki, um, yeah. Rabbit in the final. Alan, Alan Byrne, Byrne Brian Bulkley, Brian Bulkley, Brian Bulkley was not on the EOS. Who should be? I was looking Matt, on the. Brian Bulkley needs to be in there. Fucking badass shaper. Fucking charger. Underground, big, you know, pipe, second reef, third reef charger. Yeah, I'd like to read more about the pipeline underground of the early 80s. Do you remember that? Like, you've heard about yeah. the pipeline? Yeah. yeah. Adam 12. Who's Adam 12? Like, I've heard of him. I don't know. Who's Adam 12? If you're out there, like, contact us. <laughs> he was one of the pipe underground. Joe Roper would be in yep. that, probably. Tommy Castleton, Gort Gion, Court Gion, like all these Tim names. Fritz. Tim Fritz. Oh, he's an interesting guy. John Dom. John, yes, John Dom. Like ah, yeah. And and of course Marvin Foster. Oh, Marvin, 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 marvelous, marvelous Marvin Foster. I mean, that's that would be that would be a sick. You know, it'd be cool is to take the underground pipe of different periods too right and right. kind of like yeah, that could be a whole series in itself yeah i was watching a, a youtube like just clip of like a uh, last winter swell there were names i never heard of doing things i've never seen anyone do there it's crazy yeah there's like a such a sick little underground now and then you had also the um you know the the wolf posse the wolf pack, wolf pack you know era um you know which was which was pretty interesting yes yeah there's a lot there's a lot of cool little eras that you could cover with that you know and i think that would be yeah that'd be kind of cool that'd be a cool little video or a big article you know definitely one other one well just before you the the stump question one (laughs) other great thing about the 84 pipe masters yeah matching board shorts Remember they had to wear um, Offshore's brand of board shorts oh, for that event. The white with the orange. Yes, yes, pipe. the little swoosh on it. Yeah, like even if you weren't spot, like no one was spon- I think Mike Ho was sponsored by Offshore at one point, but you you had to wear their board shorts in the event. In some ways, I actually 
I think that would be a kind of a better way to move forward with pro surfing mm-hmm. in contests and events is like the sponsors get them to come to their, the pro surfers to come to their events and wear their gear at the event rather than like long-term partnerships. You could do these short-term kind of events that you pay the surfer for to show up up here wearing your gear, using your gear at the event. But that's just for that event, you know? And then the next one is like different surfers because otherwise you get locked into a surfer. Sometimes they're paying the ass to deal with. Sometimes they, they're, they have bad press or whatever. So it's not a bad way to do it, maybe. That could be a... Maybe you Current imagine something like that. I knew with that. Yeah, you were getting that. <laughs> this, this article. So, okay. Um, this is... Have you asked the question yet? No. Stump my bro. Why? Does someone keep interrupting you or something? <laughs> Motherfucker. So, <clears throat> all right, Chewy. So, the interrupting cow. It's me, cow. <laughs> Referencing... Uh, Don't tell them they have to figure it out. Okay. Anyway, so this is Stump My Bro, where we try to stump each other with surf trivia from the EOS. And so I have my question. Jamie has his. We're going to try to stump each other. I didn't go too hard, but I thought it was a pretty fun one that I got for my question. I'm terrified of yours, Jamie, because they always fuck me up. (laughs) Um, All right. So... uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Uh, you go first. Beauty? Oh, okay, beauty before age. Okay. <laughs> Who got third at the inaugural Pipe Masters? Oh, well, I could just look that up. If I no, you can't just look it up. You should um, know this. Okay, well, let me... Uh, Corky Carroll. Ah, you got and it. I don't look. And you can look. I don't have anything on or anything nope, like nope, that. Nope, but I remember good. that he got third and I was kind of surprised. Although I know he's... He was good at pipeline. He was a goofy foot. And do you remember in uh, Five Summer Stories when he goes out with the microphone on? Yes. Yes. Off the top. Off the top. Water feels so good. <laughs> I love that. I always say that when I paddle out, sometimes the water's warm. And I'm like, Corky Carroll, water feels so good. <laughs> and he talks to like a young lad, Hamilton, on the beach. He does. He was, yeah. He's screwing around in the shore break. And then I love just how he just goes off the top off the bottom and the funny thing is you kind of do that when you surf you don't say off top but you make sound effects when you do all the <laughs> floaters for all our listeners jamie will go and like i've been behind a wave and he goes and hits lifting he's like whoosh, whoosh. added sound effects mentally but what what article that surfer did a long time ago was best methods for calling people off a wave Oh, yeah, that was um, like around 93, 94, I think. And it was like, you know, you could uh, pretend, you, you know, you're puke in the lineup, bring some pretzels out and puke out there. You could be like coming up from behind, you know. Oh, and- <laughs> oh no, that's to clear the lineup. To clear the lineup. Right. But there was some like the best things for, you know, like. Yeah, donkey, you say, like- do, do like a donkey. <laughs> 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 can you I've imagine? done that. I've done that in lock yes. the water. I've gone like, <laughs> they look back like kind of startled and scared, you know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? I know. That's, that's just... <laughs> I told you the time when I went surfing on Halloween dressed in costume. I believe so. Yeah, you dressed up as uh, Dracula. 
Yeah, I had a, a long cape and I painted my face and had blood coming out and everything. And uh, my friend said when I would, surf, would go across the wave, the cape would flap in the wind. <laughs> and one time this guy did drop onto me. And, but it was a pretty mellow wave, so it wasn't a big deal. And he turns around to like cut back and sees me. And I went, boo. <laughs> <laughs> he fell right off. His, the look on his face, like, what the fuck? <laughs> the weird thing is, I really, it was the first time, one of the only times I'd ever surfed in a crowd on Halloween. And I really, I, I, Ooh. No, I thought other people were going to be dressed up as well. <laughs> Halloween's not as popular in England, though, or wasn't, you know? <laughs> you know, it's, that reminds me of, like, the Teardevil movies where they would have, like, the Grim Reaper surfing, and, like, they would do one shot, and the Reaper would put out its arm, and then they would animate, like, lightning bolts coming out, and then it would be, oh, like, yeah. a wipeout segment, and so on would each shit, and, like, that was great. Yeah, I remember that. Okay, what is your stump, my bro, question? Um, well, it's, so this is the one I wanted to ask a couple of weeks ago. It, it, it vaguely ties into Pipe Masters because a couple of early winners. Okay, so the question is, what's the name of this competition, this contest? Yeah. Now, I'll give you a little bit of background about the contest. There was an article about this contest in Surfer's Journal a while back, you know, like 20 years ago. Um, it's a real entertaining little article when you hear about this contest. Um, Early winners included Butch Van Artsdale and an Owl Chapman. So, you know, Owl was, you know, one of the stars of Big Monday back yeah. in 1971 or two at Pipe. Um, Donald Takayama actually won it five times. He won this contest. Oh. It took place at Encinitas, Encinitas. It began in 1967. But in that first year, they called it the 33rd annual and then the rest of the contest name. It was the brainchild of Richard Dowdy, who was a, the editor of Surfing Magazine at the time, and Jim Jenks, who's the OP founder. The, but this is the best part, the rules. So were, and it started early, it was a one day event, started early in the morning, mm. had locals and like famous surfers alike, just like I mentioned. Uh, each heat was six people. Heats were only 15 minutes long. Each competitor was issued with a jersey and an 82 ounce bucket of beer. <laughs> and when the horn sounded, each contestant had to drink the entire 82 ounces with no spillage. And That's as the event awesome. went on and on and on, it just got... <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> and I really, I think like one of the weed sponsors should, should kind of restoke a contest oh, yes. like this, but get everyone blazed <laughs> instead. Oh, God uh weed maps the weed maps pro yeah <laughs> um i don't know this one have you I, heard you of know, it though before vague to be honest i had i don't i honest but that's out of my wheelhouse of expertise you know i'm i'm an 80s 90s 2000s kind of guy i think you kept so. going into the 80s but i'll yeah. i'll send you the articles really good yeah well i'll pause for a minute for those of you out there to scribble down your answer <laughs> It's um, okay. The answer was the, and I'll tell you the original name. It was called in 1967. The first one was called the 33rd annual Stone Steps Invitational Surf Contest and Lovin'. And it went on and on and on for at least a decade, if not more. What do you think if they named the contest the Lovin' right now, how it would do? 
<laughs> the the Quicksilver Pro and Lovin Championship. <laughs> if someone drops in on you, you got to hug them. Oh wait, no social distancing. Can't do that yet. Yeah, not right now. Too soon, as you would say. So that well, was kind of a long one, right there. But that was a good um, one, though. I liked it. Yeah, that was that totally stumped me. I I am stumped on that one for sure. Um. But yeah, that was uh, that was good. <laughs> so and on that bombshell. And on that note, well, that is the Sunday joint with Tyler and Jamie Brewer. Uh, Jamie, that was a fun episode. Kind of sound that. Um, just for all our listeners, the Sunday joint is an encyclopedia of surfing podcast. The Encyclopedia of Surfing is the best damn surfing website out there. Support the EOS with a monthly fee of three dollars a month. Or a yearly plan of $30. Very reasonable. Very nice. Go to eos.s.surf. Oh my gosh. eos.surf. How did I mess that up? Um, I was spelling it out, I guess. And then uh, Sunday Joint uh, is Wait, also... What is it, though? Uh, you didn't finish the address. eos.surf. It's just eos.surf. It's not .com yeah. or .org? No, no, no. He bought the surf, .surf. That's so cool. Because every time I search online... If I type in EOS, there's an EOS surf shop out there. Have you heard of this? No. It's really annoying. Um, so, yeah, make sure you get it right. EOS.surf. And uh, the Sunday Joint is a podcast produced and distributed by Surf Splendor and its network of podcasts. Thank you, Dave Lee Scales. And Jamie, um, we'll uh, reconvene in, uh, for the next Sunday Joint. And smell you later, Gator. Right. Oh, hang on. Yeah. That whole thing of trying to get the name right reminds me of something Corky Carroll once said. Oh, yeah? He was on, the, I think, the Merv Griffin show back yeah. in the 60s, and he was uh, promoting Hobie skateboards. <laughs> and he gave a skateboarding demonstration, and at the end he picked up his skateboard and he said, That's Hobie, not Hobby. H-O-B-I-E. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, folks, it's Hobie, not Hobby. 1B. Thank you. When you're hiring for a small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role, and there's no faster or effective way than through LinkedIn Jobs. Your time and capital are precious, and there is a powerful resource that can help you focus on what you're good at and integrate people into your team seamlessly to help grow your business. LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to find the right professionals for your team efficiently and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. 
Everyone is already on LinkedIn with their resumes and references, and now LinkedIn has designed a hiring platform to connect you with candidates specifically qualified for the job that you post about. More than a billion professionals meticulously organized to connect people by skill set to help us all advance our position. 2.5 million businesses already use LinkedIn for hiring, and 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It's that fast, easy to use, and effective. LinkedIn Jobs can help you write job descriptions, filter the right person to you, and give you the tools to help you interview them like a pro. LinkedInjobs.com surf is where you go to post your job for free. Yes, totally free. That's linkedinjobs.com slash surf to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. <laughs>